All right, so on the line at the moment, we are chatting to Dr. Pietrus de Kock. Uh, Dr. Pietrus de Kock is going to be joining us on the 23rd of June, uh, which is next week, Tuesday. Uh, he's going to be chatting about the, uh, the, the economy um, and, more importantly, how the economy has been affected by COVID-19. Um, and he's going to be joining us at one of the UP alumni events that TaxFM has been following. Uh, Dr. de Kock, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Excellent. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so let's 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 get down to brass tacks. So, nobody in their right mind would have uh, expected an entire country to go down into lockdown, mm-hmm. let alone an entire world economy. So, mm-hmm. so can you just give us a, a and, and and obviously you're talking to somebody who's got a, a grade ten accounting here. Um, <laughs> could you just explain to me what 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 this whole lockdown has meant for mm-hmm. our economy? Yes, I think um, all of us, 2020, we ate the year, we knew about a thing called COVID-19 in China, but it's really by Feb, March that uh, the pandemic uh, started hitting the world economy. You know, about 50% of the world population at some point in time in the last few months were under some form of uh, constrained activity, which means basically half of the world economy is the more came to a grinding halt. South Africa, we have our own intervention that we are all painfully aware of in terms of lockdown levels and restrictions on things that we can and cannot do. So I think to paint that picture then locally, I think when we look at some of the projections made like National Treasury, they saying uh, they expect the economy to contract by about 16%. We see the numbers on employment. So there is some very real challenges out there. But when we also then look at the responses out uh, during March and April, uh, roughly a ballpark figure one can work with the government intervention thus far in the initial and now in the, this phase is about 800 billion uh, South African rand. Okay. That covers a tremendous amount of activities. You know, and, yeah. and anybody would say to you, any government, whether it's France, whether it's the UK, the US, actually no state at this point in time has all the resources to deal with it. No. So that's where the discussion uh, is very important ultimately. Okay, so so we, we, we my understanding of the economy and my understanding of, of, of what uh, where, where that money is going is it's a very living and breathing thing is an economy when it gets sick uh, you know there are certain things that you can do to fix it when it's when it's up and running perfectly then 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 there are certain things that you can anticipate um so this stimulus plan what what does that entail what does that mean does that mean allocating funds or does that mean allocating jobs or or, or where where what what does a stimulus plan actually do you see, there one needs to look at the economy in a very high-level, integrated manner. You know, it's kind of like, and I want to start with you, uh, a comment you made, it's a living, breathing thing. It means us as citizens, as normal people, we must be able to trade, we must be able to practice our businesses, our professions, etc. In an ideal circumstance, if you don't have a pandemic like this. So in that circumstance, then it's things like what government has done up the social wages uh, in terms of grants, etc., to uh, provide a little more support to the poorest of the poor, the needy in society. Then you look at UIF uh, claims that can be made to support salaries. You know, so there's a number of levels of that kind of intervention. So it's not like you can have one formula to fix it all. But I think just last week we had a session on Friday with the National Business Initiative, and I'll just give you a practical example. Something we are discussing with business partners uh, and with civil society 
is that now with this challenge, um, we need to acknowledge that we also need new ways of doing things. We need new opportunities in the recovery phase. So where are we looking at in terms of manufacturing? Are we looking into our agricultural sector because we need food security? You understand what I mean? So we need to become very practical now in terms of how do we generate? And that's what we're looking forward to next week then. Uh, the pre-budget session will look at some of these interventions thus far, what business has been doing, what government is doing, and what do we anticipate for the budget, because Mr. Minister Mbouweni has got a tremendous task on his shoulders uh, at this point in time, you know, to carry the fiscus of the country and to safeguard our assets and our resources. But I think it's not all doom and gloom, because maybe there's something I need to add. In our discussion with national business initiatives, one thing that comes through very clearly is we've got a tremendous amount of capacity as a country existing, and that's always that we need to ask, what do we have to fall back on? Our infrastructure, mm. our special economic zones, our metros are very well positioned and very well geared to be quite competitive in the global economy. And remember, South Africa also plays a critical role in the African economy. We're first largest source of FDI into the African economy, mm. according to Ernst & Young last year. So what I'm trying to illustrate is, yes, we are facing tremendous challenges, but now we must also be very clear and decisive about how do we leverage our existing assets, um, just to put some thoughts out there. Okay. All right. So, so I, I just want to simplify this for, uh, for, for, for somebody who's looking at, at, at the future going, okay, well, what do I do as a consumer? What do I do as a, as, as a young person? And um, so, so at the end of this, uh, at, at the end of this year, we're going to have uh, a whole group of people graduate from the University of Pretoria. They then obviously become alumni. Uh, some of those people are looking to become entrepreneurs and starting their own businesses and that sort of thing. You what? know what, let me put a few quick uh, practical things out there. On this coming Friday, I'm facilitating a session for Agri Gauteng. And what we are looking at, among other things, is, for example, in our metropolitan areas, we know our population as a country is concentrated in our city, 60% and more. Now, for example, in a city like Joburg in Trani, what are the opportunities for urban agriculture? And there are very interesting examples just in Johannesburg, you know, rooftop gardens, very interesting initiatives, that you actually employ as a direct entrepreneur, whether you grow a spinach, a garlic, or a specialized thing like a ginger, those things are highly valuable. And you know what? As a society, we really need to look at how do we engineer activity with what we have, with the little resources, and then expand those things. Mm. There are fascinating examples in South Africa of of, uh, entrepreneurial farmers in the cattle sector, um, so I'm just picking out agriculture as one, you know, something that yeah. we tend to debate in the form of politics and land reform. However, there's some fascinating things. If you really want, as a young graduate, that you're keen and you're not, you're not shy of working hard, I think there are some really uh, still amazing opportunities for us to develop local indigenous business. So. Okay, so, so so my next question is 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 your advice for young people or your advice for young uh, 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 graduates from mm-hmm. the University of Pretoria is 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 don't don't worry about the fact that the that's, that 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 there are certain things going on globally. Focus on yourself. Focus locally. You become a little mm-hmm. bit more uh, in, in, innovative in terms of what you're what, what you're thinking about mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I pick up there? You know what, one thing I want to say, we need to be critically aware of what's happening globally because that impacts on our lives. However, and as you say, think about that old saying of uh, 
I think global, act local. And yeah. you know why I'm using the agriculture example? You know, I'm an alumni of the university, so let me share a personal story with you. Mm. When I was a student on that campus between from 1990, so you're going to think I'm an ancient dinosaur now, but I was a first-year student on, in 1990. <laughs> you know how I funded my pocket money for two years? I worked on a chicken farm in Camille to the north of Pretoria. There. Okay. A friend of mine, his uh, parents gave me a job there three days, a week I used to deal with chicken food. So I funded part of my studies that way. So what am I saying? This? I'm saying this as individuals, as people. There are sometimes opportunities right in front of us, mm-hmm. you know. But we want to become a CEO at the age of 25. Dude, learn the ropes. Get your degree. Yeah. your steep street cred. Sweat a little. You know, and I think if we can, I think, yes, we are being challenged as an economy, but I think that motivation of wanting to succeed regardless, that's how we got this country where it is. I think our, our transition post-94 is, yes, there's problems. However, there's also a lot of successes. And I think that's a testament to a drive that we have as South Africans to also succeed regardless of the odds against us. So I think sometimes we need to just maybe tweak a bit of how we think about ourselves and our lives. Mm, I agree. And I, I think that uh, I think that what I love about South Africans and what I love about young people, especially in Pretoria, is that uh, everybody respects the side hustle. So they so they're going out and they and they're making the t-shirts and they're selling the t-shirts. So yeah. the, you know, the the are doing certain things, they're providing yeah, services yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think entrepreneurially we're already thinking like that. Um, okay, so so just just very quickly, uh, jobs is obviously something that 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 uh, is is deeply affected by the economic mm-hmm. circumstances in the country. So let's just talk about jobs at the moment because it is very tough to find mm-hmm. a job that you want, a well-paying job as a, as, as a UP graduate um, in the best of times. Now we're going mm-hmm. into this very awkward, unsure time. Um, mm-hmm. As job finders, what, what, what can we expect? Look, I do think you're, and you're 100% right, you know, the, the, the economy, even before the COVID crisis, we know our economy was in recession, and it is a reality, it's becoming increasingly difficult to find those opportunities. However, I do also see a lot of sparks of hope, you know, out there. You know, like, for example, if you look at a lot, a number of the focus of companies on bringing interns in and really empowering them, you know, into the job market. As an organization, Grand South Africa, we've got a very strong intern program, and we really work on empowering uh, youth. You know, you can't provide opportunities for all the millions of job seekers out there, but I do think we can do more of opening more spaces in our corporates, in our state of enterprises. Let me give you one example here. I do think, you look in the history of even some of the biggest multinationals, like uh, Sassel, a South African company, if you look at what just one entity like Sassel did for not just employing people, but really developing a skills base in the economy, you know, and I think then we, if we look into those deeper networks, um, if you look at certain of the incentive schemes out there, you know, for the youth employment uh, subsidy scheme, etc., tax incentives, I think there's more tools one could probably deploy at a policy level to uh, make that net wider. And I do think also then that entrepreneurial dimension that you spoke about earlier, I think it is tough, but I do think now is the, the opportunity also to start thinking a bit more laterally. Let me give you a very high-level example that may sound very complicated, but there's a very high-level discussion happening on things like we see as 
COVID impact on global supply chains, etc. A big question in South Africa on we've got quite a manufacturing capacity. About 50% of all our manufactured goods are exported into the African market. Mm. So South Africa probably has tremendous opportunities in the next decade to provide even more of a manufacturing base to shorten supply chains that people are not dependent on supply chains from a Vietnam or uh, Malaysia or wherever, but that it's manufactured on the African continent in the context of the free trade area. So youth in South Africa today, I think we must also think much. We must think local and act local. However, we must also go hunting for opportunities in our region. Mm. And I think that's a very, very important dimension that we do not think about nearly enough um, as a country. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Decock, thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, we've, uh, we've, we've run out of, of, of time this side. Um, but we yeah. do know, of, obviously, that on the 23rd of June, uh, you're going to be talking about what's next. Uh, is uh, COVID-19, uh, the, the, the economic stimulus uh, plan, enough to reconstruct the economy? Uh, that's going to be the, uh, the, the, the subject that you are going to be covering. Thank you very much for your time. Um, is there a way that we can get hold of you? Yes, indeed. Uh, com, our website and uh, email is Petrus, P-E-T-R-U-S-D, at BrandSouthAfrica.com. So, uh, Excellent. We are happy. Dr. Decock, thank you very much for your time yeah. and thank you very much for your insight. Pleasure. Thank you.